الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله وجاءت رسل ربنا بالحق وصدق المرسلون وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله إذا قضى أمرا فإنما يقول له كن فيكون وأشهد أن سيدنا وهادينا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم عبده ورسوله لقد جاءكم رسول من أنفسكم عزيز عليه ما عنتم حريص عليكم بالمؤمنين رؤوف رحيم فإن تولوا فقل حسبي الله لا إله إلا هو عليه توكلت وهو رب العرش العظيم من يطع الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا مضل له ومن يعص الله ورسوله وأولي الأمر من المؤمنين فلا هادي له ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسبه أما بعد Dear committed Muslims, we've been saying for quite some time now, trying to diagnose the core of our problems. We've been saying that we need, we meaning the Muslims of the world, we need to put to work our own minds most of the problems if not all of the problems that come our way are attributable directly to our lack of thinking and in this on this very cold Friday and in the span of the shorter khutbah because of this cold day I'm going to condense some something to think about in the first instance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says am khuliqu min ghayri shay'in am humul khaliqu Surah At-Tur, Ayah 35. Were they created out of nothing, or are they the creators? These words are meant to speak to human beings. Ask yourself, the same inquiry that is in this Ayah, ask yourself the same question. Were you created from nothing? Or are you yourselves the creator? 
The obvious answer to that, if we are to purge our minds from the pollution that has settled into it, the obvious answer to that is, obviously, when we look at ourselves, we find that we're created from something. I have a hand, I have a body, I have limbs, I have... So they're made up of something. And I am not a creator. So this, as basic, as elementary as this question is, it has been buried under tons and tons of misinformation and misleading data. So if we can just realize this, there is a creator. This creator tells us about himself. We don't know who he is if he didn't tell us, if he didn't provide us for the information. And that information is not supplied to our stomachs, to our instincts, to our physical body. It's supplied to our mind. So we know him through the information that he has given us. We know his that, his self. And obviously when we use human language and speak about Allah Jalla wa'ala, we are approximating the knowledge that is given to us which is limited because of our faculty of understanding from an unlimited source. So we have to Think about this. When you are given information, unlimited information, to a limited capacity. We understand who he is. We understand his attributes or the descriptions about him. And we understand what he wants from us. That was sifat wal muradat. We understand this from him. We can't... We can't generate this knowledge ourselves. On one of these occasions, it is reported that Imam Ali, alayhi salam, was asked, did you know Muhammad through Allah or did you know Allah through Muhammad? Now, a question like that, obviously he didn't ask himself, someone asked. This indicates that there were people who were thinking. This type of question doesn't come from a lazy-minded person. It comes from someone who's doing some thinking. And the answer to that question was, if I knew Muhammad through Allah then I wouldn't need him because Allah would be, be given, giving me this information and I would not be in need of him if I knew Muhammad through Allah you see you have to repeat this because our minds are not trained to think. And that's why when some people who don't think, 
they listen to something like this and they're either turned off to one of the two extremes that you should be familiar with. So if I knew Muhammad through Allah, I wouldn't have needed him. Because Allah is giving me this information. And obviously that's not the case. And if I knew Muhammad, if I knew Allah through Muhammad, then Muhammad is more reliable than Allah. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a sense, and I hope I'm not leaving any blanks here or any vacuum. In an ayah 72, I think it is, Surah Al-Ahzab, إِنَّا عَرَضْنَا الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ فَأَبَيْنَ أَنْ يَحْمِلْنَهَا وَأَشْفَقْنَ مِنْهَا وَحَمَلَهَا الْإِنسَانُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ ظَلُومًا جَهُولًا We offered this amana, this trust, we presented it to السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ to the heavens and the earth and the mountains and they refused to assume such a responsibility and they were actually withdrawn from doing such a thing but man assumed that responsibility who is this man who assumed that responsibility now as I said, this is a condensed khutbah. This man, you and I, who assume this respect, a man here has nothing to do with gender. This man who assumed this responsibility, assumed it because of the thinking faculty in him. So who is this man? Who, what are, when we look at ourselves, one way of looking at ourselves, we are composed of the elements that Allah presented the trust to. We have a material element in us. We have a plant element in us. We have an animal element in us. This is what makes us who we are. But in addition to all of this, which nothing else has, is that thinking element that we have in us. That thinking element that we have in us, per the Quranic terminology, can be understood with two approaches. One of them is what is called, and these are Quranic words, Ya'qilun, Ta'qilun, Al-Aqil. The other one is Yatafakkarun, or Al-Fikr. These are two elements of our thinking capacity. Now, let us try to break these two elements down. The word aqala, to understand it a little better, we go back to the primitive society in which this word was used. They used to say, if, if you have a leash, when you leash an animal, you have given it a aql. 
The animal doesn't think. But you imposed on it your thinking capacity. In other words, Yaqilun is is to reason. And the result of that reasoning is favorable restriction of freedom. I will repeat that. Yaqilun Taqilun is just like when a person puts an animal on a leash. The person is doing what? He's restricting the freedom of the animal. It's not hard to uh, it's not hard to figure out. It's easy. The same thing applies to us. When we reason, we apply favorable restrictions on us. How does this happen? In the most primitive of thoughts, no sophistication here, primitive thoughts. In the primitive thought, would it be acceptable for a person to take off all their clothes? Something in you tells you, I can't do that. That is primitive reasoning. Something in you tells you if there is an orchard that doesn't belong to you, and you are tempted to take the fruit, some fruit from that orchard that doesn't belong to you. Primitive reasoning tells you, no, I can't do that. What will people think about me if society is going to be against me? These are the ABCs of reasoning. Something that we are not accustomed to doing in an elaborate sense. You take an animal. An animal doesn't have any reasoning. An animal has instinct. So if we speak about tafkir, the aql is reasoning. Tafkir is thinking. When we think, we try to draw results of comparisons. That's what thinking is all about. What choice do I have? Let me think through this. So this is another compartment of the function of our mind. An animal doesn't have that. An animal eats anything that they think, they don't think, but it, but that they instinctively accept. You go give an animal a chocolate bar. The animal's not going to eat it. He will not eat it, not because he thought through it. He's not going to eat it because his instinct doesn't accept it. You try to push an animal to go into deep water. The animal will resist. A horse, a donkey, a mule, a cow, or whatever. It will not do it. Not because it knows it's going to drown through a thinking mind, but through an instinct. We, Allah, 
subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a thinking mind that we have to use. That is why those who don't have thinking minds are relieved of responsibilities. A baby, because it hasn't developed a thinking mind, doesn't have any responsibilities. A person who's insane is not expected to be a responsible person because the person doesn't have a thinking mind. But we Muslims, we have thinking minds. Why don't we use our precious, God-given thinking minds to work through the issues that are coming at us from left and right, from up and down, from all directions? Why can't we use Allah's precious thinking mind that is in our heads, in ourselves, to solve these issues? That's why some Muslims, they object. When you give them something to think about, there's, there's a tradition in them that doesn't want to think. We have to break that barrier of a non-thinking tradition that has brought us to where we are today. And had Adam, our common father, had he thought about what was said to him first by Allah, he said to Adam and Eve, لا تقربا هذه الشجرة Don't approach this tree. And then Iblis said to them, the only reason why you're forbidden to eat from this tree is because it stands between you and eternity. You eat from it, you become eternal. The lack of thought in this area caused us to be where we are today. And the lack of thought among us is causing us to suffer today. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ادعوه سبحانه وأنتم على يقين بالإجابة وتوبوا إلى الله غافر الذنب وقابل التوب شديد العقاب وإليه المصير الحمد لله الذي هدى وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا المصطفى وعلى آله وصحبه أولي النهى وأولي التقى Dear committed brothers and sisters, dear committed Muslims Now, speaking about the importance and the necessity of thinking Why can't we as mature Muslims think about the issues that are unraveling in front of our own lives. Those who rule the birthplace of our Islam and our Prophet, those who rule there, we have to give them our thought. We can't just say nothing is happening in Mecca and al Medina. Al-Quds was just designated a few weeks ago by P. 
people who have no business saying what they said or doing what they are going to do from here, from Washington and from other places. Mind your own business. As if we don't have problems in this country to take care of. What we need is to say that Al-Quds, Jerusalem, is the capital of Zionist war criminals. It's just adding another problem to this society that doesn't need any more problems. So when we take a look at what is happening in the Arabian Peninsula, this son of a king who is positioning himself to become his father's heir has taken hostages. No one says it like that, but that's what he did. He's taken hostages and placed them in a plush hotel in the capital of that country. And he has this, one of the hostages is his cousin, his own cousin, who has all of this money all around the world, invested everywhere. One of the things we should think about is, why aren't his friends, he has friends in high places, in the business world, in the diplomatic world, in the academic world. He has friends all over the place. Has anyone heard anything from any of his friends in support of, of their own friend? Nothing. Not a word. Why? Let us think a little. Because they're not thinking about friendships. They are thinking about interests. They were his friend when their interests were together. If their interests part, they're no longer friends. We're speaking about friendship, brothers and sisters. Is it haram to speak about friendship in light of Allah's revealed revelation and his prophet's demonstrated instructions? His friends don't want to lose investments, business opportunities in that royal kingdom so they can trash a friend of theirs. I wonder how he feels about his friends during these moments. And then this son of a king released Two others of his cousins, those were, those are the sons of the ex-king, Abdullah. Just yesterday or today, he released them. Get out. Because why? Why did he do that? Because they're paying money. Are we not permitted to think of what money does in society, even among royals? We're not permitted to do that. Saudi courts or Saudi government has issued a decree saying that it is no longer mandatory for women to cover their faces when they enter courts in that kingdom. And all of the excuses and the rationale that they had in previous years saying they have to cover their faces when they enter those courts all of that went down the drain.
Why? Because Washington says so. Then we have information coming out during the first part of February, probably the first week of February, there's going to be a meeting in the White House. Some are calling it an interfaith gathering. Invited to that interfaith gathering are some prominent Islamic personalities in North America. Some of them belonging to Islamic movements. Some of them associated with what was called and is called by some still the Arab Spring. No particular names were mentioned, but you can keep your eyes and ears open with a thinking mind about those who are moved by money and interests and not by conviction and principle. Can't we think why a government in Egypt is thinking about, is contemplating taking away citizenship from its previous democratically elected president? The person now is behind bars and say, they're saying, we're going to take away your citizenship. We're not permitted to think why this is happening. Are we not permitted to think why a government like the one in the United Arab Emirates says that Tunisian women are not permitted to fly to that emirate? An Egyptian writer, author, historian appears on TV and he says, to the whole world that is willing to listen to him or watch him, that Al-Quds, that city that is considered holy by Muslims, is not Jerusalem. It's another city somewhere else. And he said, Jerusalem itself, as far as the Muslims are concerned, is not a holy city. And the Israeli government thanks him, applauds him for what he said to the public in the manner that he said it. We're not permitted to think about that. Qatar, who's going to host the 2022 Olympics Games, is saying it's going to permit the consumption of khamr. Every Muslim knows what the word khamr means. It's going to permit imbibing khamr during those games. But as to relieve itself of Islamic criticism, it says we are going to designate areas in the desert for those who want to consume their khamr to leave at Doha to those areas. It's, it reminds us of the smoking areas in airports. Spe special areas away from the city. You can go there 
and drink whatever you want to drink, your vodka, your Johnny Walker, whatever it is. And then an explosion today in a church in South Cairo, killing 10 individuals and wounding five others. All of this can be traced to the fanatics in the Arabian Peninsula. But no one wants to do that. Why? Because they want the fanatics in the Arabian Peninsula to do their work. They don't want to go to the source of the problem. They want the source of the problem to continue to be the source of the problem. And if we don't think, brothers and sisters, if we don't think they're going to continue down this path, this bloody path, until we wake up. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has us wake up before it is too late for us. اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه ولا تجعله ملتبسا علينا واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا آتي نفوسنا تقواها وزكها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها اللهم انصرنا بالحق اللهم انصر الحق بنا اللهم كن معنا ولا تكن علينا اللهم صل على محمد وآل محمد وبارك على محمد وآل محمد اللهم صل على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم اللهم بارك على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر ومن أظلم ممن منع مساجد الله أن يذكر فيها اسمه وسعى في خرابها أولئك ما كان لهم أن يدخلوها إلا خائفين لهم في الدنيا خزي ولهم في الآخرة عذاب عظيم إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون وأقم الصلاة أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله